This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Wimmer. What's up, what's up, guys? He's real sweaty. And Dave Oster. <laughs> hey, everybody. And today, we are going to talk about Kevin Durant to the Los Angeles Clippers. We're going to be talking about the Mavericks building up a big three. And then we will talk about the T-Wolves and their uh, best fits for the draft. And we'll also throw in Wet Boys as well. And it's going to be a special opening topic as well because we have Patreon, uh, Patron John joining us. So we will have that all for you before we jump in and invite John on. Just want to let you know, check out patreon.com slash most of a podcast. Our Discord has been popping off since we finally sent out the link. And you and can actually see me try to wipe sweat off my head with an umbrella if you joined. And it did not work. Um, and it was really disgusting. I had to use my shirt anyway. And if you go to the $10 tier, you can be like John and join us uh, on a podcast. So, John, we're going to be talking about Katie to the Clippers. A report came out from Mark Stein saying that they're kind of a sleeper team. We kept saying, you know, maybe Kawhi would go there. Maybe they'll make a play for Anthony Davis. But now, apparently, KD has his eyes on the other Los Angeles team. Uh, how possible do you think this is? I think it's good. a good idea. I mean, there's a bromance between KD and LeBron. Imagine them in the same city. You know, hanging out together, you know, having, you know, dinner at each other's mansions, taking the same ride to the game and just, like, competing against each other and really decide, like, who's the best player in, in, in the world right now, one and two in the same arena, at the same city. It's just, you know, it has its attractions. I mean, it, you know, get your bromance on. Yeah, and I think Nike would love that, too. They're two top stars just battling in it the in the same market. city. It, well, yeah, one of the yeah. uh, second biggest market. And Katie won't market. have to pay pa- <laughs> won't have to play against Patrick Beverly. No, oh, he won't. That's so true, actually. Uh, he might, and, and, and But, well, maybe he will, because, I mean, no, no. Pat Bev's going to be a free agent. He's yeah. talking a lot about Chicago. On Pat Twitter. Bev might be coming home, man. Might be coming home. <laughs> um, but the, I think it's interesting just because not only is it just, you know, hey, we'll go play in Los Angeles and, you know, I could be with LeBron and Buddy and we could build up that whole uh, market and have this big rivalry. Um, but also I think it's interesting, too, because he has connections already to that front office. Um, Jerry West was one of the guys that brought him into the Warriors. And now Jerry West obviously just re-signed with the Clippers to be their head of basketball operations. Um, and you already have Doc Rivers there. And, you know, Doc hasn't coached to KD exactly. Um, but, you know, being in the in the league a long time, that is just a great head coach to go over from. Not really that much of a drop-off from her, him and Kerr. Um, so it's going to be really interesting because this is a team that he also battled in the first round. And they, they gave the Warriors a, you know some hell that we kind of didn't expect. What are you guys thinking, at least, uh, Dave and Ricky, about Katie to the Clippers? Because I think it's pretty interesting. I Well, I'm going to call you out for a second because— when we talked about the AD trade, which I think goes into this also, mm-hmm. you were one of the ones that's like, ah, I'm not buying the Clippers as a serious player. For You've AD, kind of no. always been the one that's kind of like looked at the Clippers like they're not going to get any. They might get Kawhi, but they're not going to get anybody important. I think Kawhi's massively important. I, so well, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like I Anthony Davis, him the best player in the playoffs. I mean, like Anthony Davis on. or Kevin Durant. But for me. I've been I've been backing our boy Retro, and it's like it seems like every time Kevin Durant, AD trade, I'm always throwing the Clippers out there. It's like a hey, I don't sleep on the Clippers, and they could prove. I would love this, by the way, because the AD. The last time we did the KD um, discussion, I said I see him going to New York, but don't sleep on the Clippers. They could kind of steal him at the end. I would love if the Clippers just came in and went yoink. I don't Bye, think they have a good offer for AD. 
That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they're a bad market. But they're not the Lakers, which gives them a shoe in. <laughs> but they don't have the fourth pick, and they don't have you know a Brandon Ingram. They don't have a Lonzo Ball. They don't have a Kyle Kuzma. They have you know decent players, but they don't mm-hmm. have any of these young up and coming guys. And the one that they do have is Shea Gilgis and maybe even Shamit as well. But like those yeah. guys aren't superstars. And even if it is, mm-hmm. I don't know if they want to trade the guy that ha- is the biggest value there in Shea Gilgis. What do you think about Katie the uh, the, the Clippers, Dave? I think it's an amazing fit because it adds a true star to make that team go. Like we watch. You know, the extremes of what you can get out of a team full of uh, excellent role players. Like, you have a specialist, basically, multiple positions there between Montrez Harrell, between Lou Will, Pat Bev. You've got these three guys who are basically, this is my game. Pat Bev obviously can lock down people, you know, one through four for whatever freaking reason. He is just that talented, that aggressive, that... um, that locked into the game. Lou Will can score for you any given moment of a game, and Montrose Harrell is just a low-post monster scoring. So I think that adding one star, if it is KD, makes this team like instantly a threat because they've got the right pieces around it. And I know you said there's going to be free agents this summer, Pep, notably one of them, but if they could assemble the right pieces around there, I mean, we could see the return of like a one-star team going back to the championship. Well, And the thing I throw in there is, like, John, like you threw out is... The LeBron factor plays into this. We're not necessarily like buddy-buddy, but I've mentioned this before when we've talked about KD free agency is with the Clippers, what better mindset would it be is, all right, I went to the Warriors because I wanted to tie um, LeBron James in championships. Now to go to the city that he went to that, hey, I'm going to bring the Lakers back. I'm going to bring them to a championship to go to little brother and say, well, that's cute. But I'm going to win a championship with little brother before you even get maybe pops possibly to the playoffs with big brother. I don't think that necessarily happens. But to win a championship with the Clippers before LeBron wins one or even sniffs one with the Lakers, I think for legacy would be like, whoa, look at what KD did. LeBron couldn't do that with the Lakers. Yeah, John, I always think you have interesting takes on legacy. So what, what, what do you think that? You know, KD going to Los Angeles and possibly having a better career in Los Angeles would do for his legacy. Maybe not even rings per se, but you know, taking the Clippers to the playoffs, possibly beating LeBron in the playoffs. What do you think that would do for you know KD's legacy? And do you think it even matters? I think it matters a lot to him. I think it would, if if KD went to the Clippers and beat the Warriors in the playoffs and beat LeBron in the Lakers the next series and then won a championship, it would entrench him as one of the best players of all time. I think the biggest re- the biggest, and the, for me, the biggest factor to determine whether KD is going to the Clippers or not is Kyrie. If there's a bromance between Kyrie and KD, and they're really going to New York, great. But if Kyrie decides to stay in Boston, and to be nice, the Knicks front office has been trash the last 20 years. <laughs> I don't know why KD would trust the front office if he can't bring his own talent. So you know, you look for other options. You know, you guys talk. You know positively about the uh, Clippers front office, which is great. And, you know, Doc's won a championship, you know. Mm-hmm. Why not go to somebody with experience? Yeah. I mean, you know, you guys left out Dano Gallinari. I mean, Gallinari, I've been a big fan since he's been in Denver. I think they have a great lineup for him to add to. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that, you know, the KD versus LeBron thing, you know, what else is there accomplished? You made all the money you want to make. You're going to make more. You know, why not beat the, beat the best and then be considered one of the best? Yeah, and I think it's an interesting point that you bring up, at least comparing him to the Knicks, because 
not only you look at that front office, and, and I think that Scott Perry's been doing a decent job as the Knicks GM, but overall, you look at it, Jerry West has done a great job everywhere he's gone, and he has that rapport with uh, Kevin Durant, so I'm going to give the edge to the Clippers there. Plus, the owner's better with the Clippers. Well, okay, just way to just totally jump my, my whole point, okay. Ricky. And I was going to say, the roster, at least, you know, you bring up Danilo Gallinari, that's, you know, he, he's, a, he's a guy that's been there forever. Lou Will, a multiple uh, six-man player of the year, uh, 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 six-man of the year uh, winner. Award winner. Uh, yeah. Montrose Harrell, like Dave brought up, Shea Gildas, if they keep him around, Shumet, you know, those three out there at the same time gave them a very unique lineup. Um, and you, you also have this cap space as well that you can add on to it. You look at the coach, too. No one's going to argue that Doc Rivers is worse than David Fisdale. I mean, obviously he has the ring, but as well, since Doc has made the transition to full coach, after trying to be both GM and coach, he's been fantastic. And then you obviously look at the biggest part, and that's the owner. And mm-hmm. Steve Ballmer doesn't have the best rep because you look at what he did with Blake Griffin, but it's hell of a lot better than what uh, good old, uh, I'm totally blanking on his name now. Carmelo Let's, Anthony and... No, we're no, talking about uh, the Dolan. Dolan, James Dolan. Yeah, yeah. you gotta get old start talking trash. <laughs> he said, though, if KD comes, he's going to step away. He's going to be more hands-off if KD comes. Well, he's been saying that forever. That's, and it, it, that's his kind of lure of like, hey, if you come here, I won't fuck shit up. So... I will step back. You can run the team, basically, Katie. And oh. I think the only thing then you have to argue is, you know, New York versus L.A., which has <laughs> always been a battle. But I think if you have these many, you know, pluses in your bag of having mm-hmm. the GM, having the coach, having the roster, having, you know, cap space as well. I know the Knicks have a ton of cap space. Having the cap space as well, though, to go after even future assets like the uh, the Heat 2021 pick, um, I, I think that it just makes the Clippers so much of a, of a better appeal. Um, the interesting thing, though, that John brought up is the Kyrie thing. How much of a factor do you guys think that is? Oh, I think it's a huge factor. And the thing is, I'm saying huge factor because I don't see Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant and Kyrie are only going to be on the same team if they're going to play for the Knicks. In my mind, like if I'm the Clippers... I look at it and I go, I've got point guards that I already leave it if I lose Pat Bev. I've got Shea Gilgis that I like. I like um, Landry Shamit, who I got in that Toby deal that I sent over to the Philadelphia 76ers. And I've got those guys locked down. Um, if I'm the Clippers, I'm looking at KD and I'm going, hey, I know you like Kyrie. If you want to play with him, that's great. But with here, we want to pair you. I would want to pair Kevin Durant with Kawhi Leonard and get those two players on the same team where it's like, hey, Kevin, if we go ahead and get Kawhi, then if you go ahead and if we go up against the Warriors, you and Kawhi can lock down Steph and Clay. If we play the Lakers in the playoffs, Kawhi could be on LeBron James. You could be on the second player for the Lakers. It gives them so much versatility, especially defensively. I think where the KD free agency kind of affects Kyrie is – if KD picks the Clippers, I think Kyrie's going to go, well, I'm not going to that mess to the Knicks alone. I ain't going back to Boston. I'll go to Brooklyn, and he'll be a Brooklyn net if KD is an L.A. Clipper. Dave, what do you think about the whole Kyrie thing and obviously the net thing now that yeah. that's brought up? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I agree that Kyrie and KD together, they're pretty much intertwined at this point in my mind. I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into the media hype, but it seems very likely that, you know, their decision, you know, in a month or so is going to be just down to like, all right, do we feel like working together, rebuilding the Knicks and hoping that that front office will do everything it takes to put a team around us that can win a championship? Because I get it. Winning New York would be special and they would be in their own category over there. But like, you're also not, 
you're also not really i don't know i, I almost want to be like the like eh, you know yeah you tagged along with the warriors to win championships he, he earned those rings as well but still it's it's a tag along there and then you need your buddy over here it's like i'd like to see him go to a team like the clippers and really cement it as his own i think if you could land a Kawhi leonard at the same time that'd be amazing but i i even would like to see him there on his own as like the number one star and then just you know continue to build around him with those younger players or role players yeah john you brought up Kyrie, and and obviously how important do you think it is because obviously you said it's it's definitely gonna play a role and then like do you think it'd be a defining role like if Kyrie doesn't go to the clippers do you think katie's just gonna follow him and then the other point is is with with that is where do you end up seeing Kyrie go Kyrie going if you think he will play such a crucial part in kd's free agency you know, it's 2019, I think that uh, GMs, for these superstars, I don't think the GMs played that much of a factor. I think the superstars decide who they want to play with and where. You know, I don't think that, you know, the GM of the, the Clippers is talking to Kawhi, talking to KD. I think they decide on their own, I don't go here. And the other thing is, Kawhi might not want to play with KD. Mm-hmm. He might want to go back to L.A., but he might want to be the man by himself. So he might put the pressure on the Clippers and say, well, you have to make a choice. It's either me or KD, you know. But, uh, you know, it's hard for me to read in. I don't know these guys. Um, you know, like 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 Dave said, there's, I think there's a connection between KD and Kawhi. I mean, KD and uh, Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, Kyrie might go to the Lakers. So, you know, if, if Jimmy Butler doesn't want to go to the Lakers, you know, maybe it looks interesting to Kyrie. You know, I think all in all, these superstars, you know, they're going to text each other and, you know, whatever, Snapchat, whatever, and they're going to decide between themselves where they're going to go, you know, because the money is there. You know, it's just what environment they want to be. And, you know, a couple of them, they might choose the same place and just have to work out themselves. I think GMs, they're just like waiting to hear, you know, they're making their cells, having their dinners, but. You're waiting to hear what the decisions are. Well, it's like this is the NBA we wanted, where the player gets the choice, not the other mm-hmm. way around. Well, I, I still it's, think it's the NBA the players wanted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, who's we? Like for me, I'm not an <laughs> NBA player. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like the players are the ones picking where they want to go. It's not the like for the NFL. It's all about the shield and the team before the player. Where in the NBA, it's the player right. first. Well, and, and John, I, I'm going to say something. I, I want to see if you have a reaction. If you do, uh, jump in, but. The thing that sticks out to me the biggest is, and I think you you make a point that maybe the GMs aren't that important, but at least maybe having a basketball figure is important there because we saw how important it was with LeBron at least having Magic there to talk him through it. Now, LeBron's mindset was already made up. He was going to Los Angeles, but I think having Magic there was important to him, at least having a guy who's had success in the NBA, had success in Los Angeles, and obviously a guy that you know he could relate to being a Hall of Famer in, in, in Magic Johnson, and LeBron obviously going to be a Hall of Famer once he retires. Having that in place there is helpful, I think, was helpful at least for LeBron in making that transition. And now with at least the Laker, uh, the Clippers, comparing it to all these other teams, you know, Magic's gone from L.A., the biggest name in any front office is Jerry West, former Hall of Famer, guy who's done it both in the front office and on the floor, has done it in L.A. before, obviously with a different team, though, in, in, in the Lakers. I think that is such a, an important part because, you know, maybe, yes, Jerry West played, uh, what's it called, 50 years ago? I mean, 50-plus <laughs> years ago. Um, <laughs> the logo. But, but still, ha- I mean, that's the thing. Is he, he is still the NBA, and, and he still has such a 
you know, uh, his, his finger still on the pulse of the NBA and what's what's important to these players. So I think at least having that guy, maybe not the GM exactly, but having a guy that they can relate to and, and be in the front office and help them through a transition from team to team is super important. Yeah, I think, you know, the GM is important. President, you know, basketball is important to make the, the organization stable and attractive. But what I say as far as superstar, GMs are less important. It doesn't mean they're... GMs and GMs and front office guys aren't important generally. I think when it comes to drafting, definitely scouting, definitely GM. I think when it comes to signing role players and other starters, I think it's very, very important. I think superstars have to trust the ability to attract, you know, uh, solid role players and solid starters, and the ability to move contracts and you know unique trades and creative trades, that things like that. But I think. When it comes to superstars, the GMs play less in a role. But as far as everything other, everything else in basketball operations, I think you know they play the role they have played in the past. As far as like you know drafting and and, and signing other free agents. Mm-hmm. Well, like that's a hundred percent true. Because like if I take that and say what you just said, Sean, mm-hmm. the reason why LeBron went to the Lakers is not only to, in my mind, advances also Hollywood career, but it was also all right. I believe in Magic Johnson. That because he's a guy that like he's got so many different circles and he knows so many people across the basketball sphere, he's going to be able to bring in guys. I trust that he's going to bring in the free agents or help us bring in the free agents that we need for success. Kind of like what um, John's talking about. And I just sit here and I think that the thing I'm lo- going to love about this year's free agency is that it's going to have ramifications not just for this year's free agents, but future free agents as well. Because the thing that I throw out there, and I don't know if you guys think this, but everyone right now after Giannis was the NBA first team, everyone's like, he can get the Supermax now from Milwaukee. And the big question this week was, is he, should he take it? Will he take it? And everyone right now is thinking like, yeah, he'll take it. He's loyal to that city. That Mm -hmm. city loves him. Yeah. But the thing I look at, let's just say this plays out like this. Kyrie and KD go to New York. Kawhi goes to the finals with the Raptors and stays with the Raptors. That means the East just got a whole lot tougher. And in two years, or if he signs it early, but like he's got two years left on his deal with the Bucks. If that year is like, whoa, things got so much tougher. And I know this team brought in a coach like Bud to help me work with things. But mm-hmm. let's say they lose a Chris mid. Let's say they don't get back to what they are and can't compete with the KD Knicks or the Kawhi Raptors, does the KD move then necessarily affect a move in a future free agency like Giannis Antetokounmpo, and does he leave Milwaukee because KD chose to come to the East? I think it's possible, but I I think it's less likely. I think the biggest thing with if, if Giannis is going to leave is just you know a, a, you know the possibility of him not seeing a future there, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's really not because he's not going to be able to win, but maybe he, he just doesn't have faith in that front office or, or that ownership. And so far, I don't think he has a reason not to have faith in yeah, that front the office. Yeah, the loyalty is there; owner. you can see it. Yeah, I I, I highly doubt he's not going to go away from it, and then the only way that he does is if he's really sold on a place. Um, and the biggest place that I think would stick out to there is Dallas. Uh, Dallas has always been like super eyeing. Giannis and maybe that you know they've had th- talks through his brother who is uh, a part of the Mavericks organization. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I find it like uh, highly unlikely that Giannis is going to leave. 
Um, and plus, the biggest thing that he has on you know Kawhi, KD, and Kyrie is age. I mean, he's still younger than all those guys, which is still going to be a massive part in you know planning out your future. You mm-hmm. know, KD's going to be gone, and you know if at that point in two years, and, and Kawhi's possibly going to go on in two years at, at that point too when you sign that five-year deal. So I think that's going to be a big thing too with Giannis. So I, I, I'm, I think it's a little bit too early for that, but it, it could uh, you know truly come out to something that could have ramifications for the whole entire NBA. Um, I, I just look at the KD stuff, and I, I'm going to find it super interesting, but I really think there's only one team out there that could really threaten it, and it is the Clippers. I, I think he's either going to stay in Golden State or he's going to be staying in, in, in Los Angeles. I don't see another team threaten it. I obviously have made my thoughts clear about the mm-hmm. Knicks, and I really don't think there's another team out there that could be threatening to to Kevin Durant signing uh, or leaving Golden State. Um, we'll go to uh, Dave, Ricky, and then John, we'll go to you. Uh, what teams are out there in your mind that could sign Kevin Durant that are actual threats? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not thinking New York is a threat. I think it's Los Angeles, Clippers, or the Golden State Warriors. Dave, what are the teams out there that you think are threats? Yeah, I'm a, I'm on a very similar page because it's just it's hard to see him going somewhere we haven't seen a massive rumor mill coming out of because every front office is trying to get him obviously like it's you know well what it's can we do contract wise? four years ago yeah it's what can we do contract wise to open up space what can we do to bring in people who he likes what can we do to you know build around a guy like that if he decides to sign here how can we sweeten the deal for him to come to our city and like you said the clippers have interest because you 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 already covered that i'm not even gonna go into that the Knicks are interesting because of the team up with uh, Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving. The 72 mil. Yeah. Well, that would just be... Yeah, that's cherry on top. But mm-hmm. it's the fact that you can compete with a with a true star next to you who who is an incredible shooter. But that, like you said, that front office is a dumpster show. The Nets were, you know, a dark horse for about five minutes. Everybody was like, well, they've got money. And, you know, D'Angelo Russell looked really good at the end of last year. Karis Levert got back on his horse. Like, we'll see... I, I don't see him going to Brooklyn, so I, I'm kind of tossing the middle. I'm 50-50 uh, between New York and the Clippers at this point. And Spencer Dinwiddie did say that if Kyrie and KD go to New York, that they would still be the second-best team mm. in the state of New York. What, what teams are out there for you that maybe haven't been brought up? To me, it's two. Like, and it's the same ones. We There's no team that we haven't brought up that's in the running for it. To me, it's 95% they're going to... The um, New York Knicks, 5% for the Clippers. And the only thing that will hinge on the Clippers is it's like Stephen A. said when they were talking about it on first take about a month ago, where Kevin Durant's the guy where he could just wake up one morning and be like, nope, not feeling New York no more, and then change his mind like that. Um, I think those are the only two teams. I don't see him coming back to Golden State, mainly because of what's going on right now, where it's like, they have not lost in the playoffs since he got injured. And if he misses finals games and they start winning without him, I know people are like, well, that's not going to mean anything. Kevin Durant, although, like John said, we don't know these guys personally. Yeah. But, like, I look at how he acts on Twitter. I look at how he, like, claps back at guys that have, like, the same amount of followers, if not less followers, than we do. And it's just something where I look at his kind of ego and his uh, personality, and I go, he's not staying with the Warriors. I, this chapter is over. He will be a Nick or a Clipper. I don't think anything that's happening right now in the playoffs really is is persuading him to leave or not. Um, and, and especially if they're they're winning without him, I don't see how that would make make him want to leave. That's legacy. I mean, it's the perception of the public yeah, has changed but, too. Like, but mm-hmm. still, how much are you getting carried over there? But man? still, everyone, if you watch the games, they're better with Kevin Durant. They're still winning because they're a crazy great team. 
do not make that argument. They play different, different with Kevin Durant. They play different with They're Kevin Durant, but, with but Kevin Durant. they they are unstoppable without with 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 Kevin Durant on the team. Just yeah. look at the, are just they look, because the Rockets the, almost beat them last okay, year with Kevin look, Durant. And look at the litmus. Let's look at the litmus test of the NBA Finals. Past yeah. four years, they've gotten there, right? Well, for five years, but not mm-hmm. including this year because it hasn't happened yet. They've gone up against LeBron James. Mm-hmm. First two years, absolutely close games. They've won one game in the nine games that they played. They're nine and one against LeBron, and before that, they lost the whole series to him. Kevin Durant absolutely changes it. Uh, John, I'll go to you. If you don't have a team uh, that's that's new outside of the Clippers or or the Nets or Golden State or uh, the Knicks, um, maybe maybe we can change it to what's the thing that would kind of sell them. So if if he is going to go up to go to the Knicks, what's the one thing that they will do that is the tipping point to having KD sign there? If he's going to go to the Clippers, what's the one tipping point that you know him him signing there is the reason why? Uh, Golden State, what's the one reason he could stay, et cetera, et cetera? You know, I'm I'm kind of like beating myself up because I kind of disagree with Ricky a little bit. I mean, Ricky, Ricky's fine, but like for me, <laughs> if you take Ricky's a poll fine. for like the top ten players, you have Harden, Curry, LeBron, KD, you know, Kawhi. Like, who are you afraid of? Like, you know, are you going to go to the East or the West depending upon who's there? For me, I think each of those players would say, I'm not afraid of anybody. But KD is different. He's sensitive. I think that he's, he's, he's making a decision based on his legacy. And if you look at the playoffs now, I think it's tough in the East because next year Milwaukee's going to be better. Next year, if Kawhi stays, Toronto's going to be better. If you go to the East, you can you cannot – Make the the Eastern Conference play Eastern Conference playoffs. If you go to the West, I think I think it's actually easier in the West to to go to the Western Conference Finals if K, if KD went to the Clippers. Um, as far as the factor, I, you know, I just I still say like these guys sit around, they're going to decide, you know, on in group chat where, where they're going to go. I think it's you know I kind of agree, with Ricky. Like it's really about New York. It's going to be Kyrie and KD. If not, it's going to be the Clippers. What's the biggest sell the Clippers have for KD? I think, you know, it's the ownership, front office, and Doc Rivers. Um, and also the bromance, you know, in L.A. with uh, LeBron. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. It, it's, it's down to the relationships. Like, these guys, you know, they play against each other all year. During the off-seasons, they hang out. Mm-hmm. It, it is, it's so much down to, you know, who do I want to play with? Who do I want to hang out with? Who do I want to be around during my free time? And... Right. You know the LA scene is definitely where everybody goes in the off season anyway, so it's it's very very attractive place. I got a question I want to kick to you, John, and I thought of this question while you were just talking about KD. When we hit July and July first happens, do you see Kevin Durant and maybe Kyrie if it's the Knicks? But do you see Kevin Durant making his decision right away? Or will this be like we've kind of seen the last time when he chose, chose the Warriors? Will it be July 1st happens? We're like, oh, where's it going? All right, nothing. And then Kawhi makes his decision before Kevin Durant. Or Kevin Durant maybe waits for Kawhi to make his decision before he makes his decision in free agency. Well, I mean, he has to get the offer from the Clippers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Clippers sell is either going to say, all right, you you know, Kawhi was willing to play with you and fit both of you guys in, or they're going to say, uh, you know, we want you, but, you know, it's up to them. They might be catering towards Kawhi more than they are KD. Kawhi's younger, and he's more of a two-way player. I mean, KD's a better offensive player. He's a better, 
it's it's close, but uh, it's dynamic. You know, I think that I think these guys are have already made up their minds. You know, I think the 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 the, the Kawhi thing is a factor because I think Kawhi hasn't shared what he wants to do, but I think as far as like. KD and Kyrie, they pretty much know what they want to do. If Kyrie doesn't know what he wants to do, that means he's thinking about the Lakers. All right. And, John, I got one final question for you. What's more likely, KD and Kyrie signing with the Knicks or the Knicks taking Sekou Demboyo with third pick? <laughs> uh, I think Demboyo goes to the Knicks with third pick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> They're not trading it for AD? Trade the pick for AD. Uh, well, obviously, uh, other things uh, alongside. He's going to determine where he wants to go. You know, uh, I think he wants to be a big boy. I mean, KD's like KD's in like the class of two. It's like LeBron and KD. Mm-hmm. For me, it's, like I see them as men, not just players, because off the court they have endorsements. You know, they're businessmen, they have investments. So that's why it comes down to the Knicks and the Clippers. The only dark team, dark horse I have is the is the. Uh, Nets, just because in New York, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, I don't know these guys, so I'm just speculating. Just everybody else, mm-hmm. I think that Anthony Davis, he has some aspirations. He was stuck down there in New Orleans for years, kind of wasted a couple years. I mean, he developed a little bit, but he wants to be one of those top players. Yeah. If he goes to the Lakers, eventually in two or three years, LeBron's going to retire. And it's going to be his team, his city, his NBA. You know, in the West, I mean, it's going to be Giannis in the East, but it's going to be him in the West. So, you know, it depends on what he wants to do. Because I don't I, – I mean, the other thing is, in, in the past, you know, you heard what, you know, the uh, New Orleans owner said about trading AD to Lakers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That might not even happen. So, you don't know. Yeah. And wild. I think I think the biggest thing, at least for me, that comes down to it is, you're, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, staying in the West. And I, I think – you know, we throw out Los Angeles, and obviously one team's pretty much out with the Lakers. I don't think he wants to play with LeBron, so that leaves the Clippers. That leaves, and then in New York, it leaves uh, the Knicks, and it leaves uh, Brooklyn. But I think it's still, that's why the window's still open, at least for Golden State, because now they're moving to San Francisco. San Francisco is still one of the largest markets in in, in the, the U.S. I think it's still, it's, it's a top five market, so... I think that could be huge and still play into it because yes, you know maybe it won't be better for his legacy because you know this is already one of the best teams already without him. Um, but with him, I, I do think they're next level because I mean you you have just KD with Curry and et cetera, et cetera, um, and and you're still going to be in that big market to to capitalize on your businesses. Um, but John, thank you so much for joining us. Obviously, it's 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 going to be an interesting uh, development over the next month. Uh, you know, obviously the Warriors have to win the finals first. Uh, we'll see if that happens. We'll see if you know. Is maybe Katie going to contribute? Is he going to be a healthy boy? Yeah. What if Katie goes down with another injury in the finals? What maybe. if Boogie comes back before KD? Maybe we'll see a crazy <laughs> upset where uh, the Raptors, <laughs> where the Raptors win and and, and Katie goes down. Uh, and, and and you know the and, and Golden State uh, doesn't end on a high note. But uh, it's it's definitely gonna be interesting to see, and we'll, we'll, we'll have to see what happens they don't, when Curry puts up. What's that? Steph Curry. They don't even need. Katie's mm-hmm. Curry gonna win the finals. Oh, this year, yeah, you know, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm just saying, maybe a crazy upset happens, and maybe that totally changes uh, Kevin Durant's mind. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, John, again, thank you so much for joining us. Check out Patreon.com/slash/MostAboutPodcast if you want to be like John, and if you want to talk to John, he's in the Discord, so mm-hmm. you can uh, you can toss around ideas about your guys in mock drafts. Definitely, uh, it's a fun time. That one dollar tier gets you in there, gets you on early access for our mock drafts for mm-hmm. our big boards. Super worth. Yeah, for sure. John, thanks so much, and we're going to move into the next topic.
Thanks, guys. Always fun. Again, we want to thank John for joining us on this podcast, The Fast Break. Again, if you want to join any of the MVP podcasts, check out patreon.com slash Podcast. You can talk to us, and usually we uh, keep you on the line just a little bit later mm-hmm. uh, just so we could chat with you. It's always fun to talk with John. because John dropped got... a fucking mock draft on us for like yeah, two did. seconds before we went live, so we had to follow up with the math. I mean, that yeah. one commenter will be happy because apparently our mock that's coming up, I think we're a week away from the live mock that we do oh my god we got to do we got to do more mocks guys so next year we'll do a mock every week for you well yeah what was was that the, what, his beef because he was like can you finally release a mock draft yeah you and just said do a mock already yeah do a mock already it's like well guys we've done six plus mm-hmm. right yeah i think we've done like six or seven so i'm actually right now on the podcast gonna see when our next one we've is. added yeah. mocks every year we've done this mm-hmm. but anyways uh our next topic is can the mavericks build, build a big three uh it's been a talk uh for a while now pretty much since they mo- made that Kristaps move um, you know, and they have Luca, they have Chris Tops. And then the whole question was, well, is that pick going to transfer to the Hawks this year? Is, is it going to be top five and stick with the Mavs? Or is it going to be, uh, you know, falling outside of the top five and then become a Hawks pick? And then also they freed up a ton of cap space to possibly make a move. And ESPN just put out an article uh, written by Bobby Marks about this. Uh, he said the Davos Mavericks are the wild card team of the offseason. Though teams in New York and Los Angeles have garnered attention as likely destinations for free agents, Dallas has two unique advantages. Two young franchise players in Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. So looking at this, at least let's talk about these two players first before going into how they could assemble the big three. Mm-hmm. Luka and Kristaps, we haven't seen them play together on the floor yet because Kristaps is still recovering from his injury. But how do you think those two, at least together, would work is it is it something in your mind that is a, a very feasible duo that could work even if they don't get a third big player in it if if the Dallas Mavericks ride in with Luca and KP as their two big guys how would that work out in an NBA season and do you think it's going to work out on the floor I think it's absolutely going to work out just fine for them if they don't land a third guy what the big thing for me for Luca is having that other go-to score they struggled you know obviously the turnover on the roster last year from the Mavs was insane but going back and, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. became like a de facto scorer uh, behind Luka because they just needed someone to step up. Now having KP there, you're going to get better shooting percentages. You're going to get someone who is much more reliable. It was a way higher, like when KP goes off, KP goes off, and it's awesome, and he's just unstoppable, unstoppable because of his size. So I think the two of them, incredible potential offensive sets running, pick and roll, pick and pop at the top of the key. You've got two fairly large guys, hard matchups. Um, you know, people are going to rip on, you know, their ability maybe defensively. KP still great defensively. We'll see how healthy he is when he gets back if he can keep that uh quick mobility to his size. Um he might have lost a step. That's that's my only concern. Mm-hmm. But I think if they're able to add uh another piece whether it is a wing out there or like is that is that really the focus this option is just go broke for a wing, right? I mean, I just feel like Tim Hardaway Jr. Like, is just, he's a good, you know, 2-3, but he's not good enough to be on mm-hmm. a team where you're hoping to go for, like, a deep playoff run. I think he'd be interesting as a six-man, uh, having him kind of be your guy that comes off the bench and kind of is your lead scorer there. Yeah. Um, he'd be interesting in that point part, but I don't want him late in games or starting games, anything like that. Um, I think it'd be interesting. And, and with with the money, I mean, they could go after pretty much a big range of people. They can go after Chris Mid. They can go after K- KD possibly as well. Uh, they're going to have $38 million after the Harrison Barnes trade that freed up $25 million. And a big part of it is Luka. Luka's, Luka's only going to be making 8.6 on an average uh, over the next three what years. What a steal. I know, right? And you should draft the number more. 
three pick in the draft. Oh. Like, how are those number one and two teams feeling right now? <laughs> yeah, pretty insane. And then also uh, next season, they're going to project to have $45 million. And then with only Doncic, Porzingis, and Brunson under contract the following season, Dallas projects to have $74 million in the 2021 summer. And, Ricky, that's where you brought in last mm-hmm. segment about Giannis is going to be there. Dame's going to be there possibly if he doesn't sign his Supermax, but she just did. So this is, I think, out of date. Yeah. Uh, he's, 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 he's off this list. Uh, LeBron could be available. Blake could be available. Paul George could be available. CJ could be available. Ble- uh, Beal could be available. Literally Colbert. everyone. Depot could be available. That's the list. That was going to What, year? <laughs> what year did you just list off? 2021. Okay. Uh, and then that was the honest year that you were yeah. bringing up. Um, so, I mean, if they're patient, they could they could go after one of those guys. So do you think at least let's change the question because now, you know, it's not really mm-hmm. this year, but it, the possibilities start now. When do you think they add or at least are real big players to add that next star? 2021. You don't think in the next two years because you have 38 and 45 in the next two years? The reason why is because I was looking, and the reason why I asked you which one you were reading off was I was looking at 2021, thought that was the one you were reading off, just wanted to make sure. For me, next year, the only free agent, like, here's, and this depends on how things play out, but, like, if you look at 2020, Kyle Lowry, I don't want to add him. I know Kyle Lowry has been doing nope. good things with the Raptors. No, nope. um, although he's been hot and cold he's in some games. Be like Forty yeah, yeah. five years old. Don't want him. Um, the only free agent that I think they have a viability of adding in 2020 is Gordon Hayward, um, and that's only because of depending how next year goes without Kyrie in Boston. Um, is Gordon Hayward the next one? Is it like you know what? And I know the player option. We get to the point where if he ain't gonna make more than that 34. He's going to take that player option and then be a free agent 100%. in 2021. But let's say there's a possibility he can get more than that. He could possibly say, no, I'm going to decline my player option. Not saying that's a for sure. I think it's more likely that Gordon Hayward gets traded. Though. Exactly. Um, and that's why 2021 to me is the big one where I am looking for a free agent in that class. And the one that I kind of think that could kind of match out for them is Paul George. Because depending on how the Thunder go, not just this past year when he chose to stay, but next year and then the year after, that might be a decision where Paul George says, hey, you know what? I gave three years to the city. I don't have to feel bad that I didn't. I bailed on OKC. We're not going to win anything here. Dallas looks really intriguing. Let me go try to win something with Kristaps and Luka. Because for me, the biggest thing in all of this, the most important player in all of this, is Kristaps Porzingis. Like, Luka, I have, although I was low on him when we did the draft process, I have no doubts that Luka Doncic is going to be stellar for this Mavs team. Like, mm. I know he is going to be the guy. It's, can Kristaps stay on the court? And I know everything going on off the court, but really, yeah. the can he stay on the court and stay healthy for this Mavs team, and also what's going to happen this year with the qualifying offer, the RFA, what's Dallas going to do? Yeah, and and we're gonna we'll throw out this disclaimer mm-hmm. now because I mean it is an important topic without yeah. a doubt to talk about what's going on with Chris Porzingis off the court. Mm-hmm. We are just not the people to be talking about it. Yeah. So definitely, if you are interested in what's going on uh, in that whole development, if if mm-hmm. you know, definitely check it out because it is something that is important because if he is going to be convicted of this crime. Uh, you know, it's that's going to affect his playing time exactly. for the Mavericks. Um, and 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 you know, being an NBA podcast, we're talking more mm-hmm. about the basketball stuff. But definitely. 
definitely an, an important situation that's, that's going on because he could possibly just be out uh, for a while if he has to you know, serve prison time, if, if that's mm-hmm. what this comes to. And like um, the second reason I bring up the 2020 free agency is so next year's draft, they'll have their own pick depending correct. on where that is. 2021, let's say they're a lottery team. Well, guess what? They don't get that pick. That's a Nick pick now. So that's why, to me, I feel like the only way this Mavs team, unless they really get a good pick next year, the only way they are going to add that piece around these two is if they get a big free agent looking at that 2021 year. Yeah, for sure. And and, and really the biggest thing that, uh, that's kind of facing them is what's Luka's development going to be? Is he going to be able to you know, be able to play a full 82 season because that was the biggest mm-hmm. knock on Luca this year was just the fact that he wasn't able to really give it for every single 82 games. And yes, that's a very and Dave, you're rolling your eyes, but, it, but it, you're, you're rolling your eyes, but it but it is true. He did look gassed at points. So building up that gas tank is going to be big. He is only 19. I'm not saying he can't, but that is something that is big. I don't know what you're trying to come back with because I'm right. But what do the you say? The man didn't have a break. He literally played through yeah, for right. two years, basically at this point. So okay, I think that's the thing. He is still the had, fact that he hasn't had an off season to really work on his mm-hmm. stamina. That's to not really true. Strength he had an off season from the NBA draft to now. It's going to be the same off season he had last guys year. Aren't, no, guys aren't taking that time off. Okay, so then he's not taking the time off. Yeah. He's not getting an off season. No, but like in in America, he's not coming. Mm-hmm. He's not working with strength and conditioning coaches with the Mavericks, building up himself for this team. That's that's, what, that's the difference. That's fair, but he needs to work on that. I agree. Is that, is that am I wrong? Yeah. In saying I'm not that? saying he wasn't gassed. I'm saying that mm-hmm. the the fact that you know everybody's making fun of like his weight, the Seven yeah. Eleven shit. Like the dude's been playing basketball for every day for two years now mm-hmm. at the highest level he could possibly play at. So, yeah, give him some, give him a full offseason to work with the strength and conditioning coaches. If he comes back next year and, you know, we, we see selective uh, mm-hmm. not healthy or not. DNPs. Not, yeah, DNPs. The or Kawhi just effort, load treatment. management. Load yeah. management or effort issues mm-hmm. out of As him. John said. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, no, I'm just saying, like, that's the biggest thing that's standing in his mm-hmm. way from being, you know, a top 10 player is just being able to you know build up that gas tank, and whether it's not because he's he gotten a he you know he's he's got a Seven Eleven body or because he didn't get a break, he that's something he needs to work on. It, yeah. It's just building up that gas tank. Uh, so that's really the biggest thing that he needs to do in development. And then the next thing is just going to be Kristaps and and his contract. Um, he's going to be an RFA, so they can extend a four point five million dollar offer this year to him. Um, at least you know tendering him. Uh, they yep. can obviously work on a, a deal outside of that. Um, and if anything is thrown out there to, you know, uh, from him, from a different team, uh, they can obviously match um, and most likely will. But the biggest thing for them is is then going to that next contract. If they're just able to tender him and he accepts and mm-hmm. they, they go into next season, and he plays under the tender um, to then try to get UFA. He then will can you know, then then they, then, they, then they could talk about the max uh, in the next year. And they're obviously going to have to work with that. And something that's interesting that Bobby Marks brings up is the uh, contract, but doing the restrictions like Joel Embiid did, where, hey, you have to hit this minute limit mm-hmm. to get yeah. the full guaranteed, or you have to hit you know X amount of games played to get this guaranteed. I think that's super interesting, because um, I really didn't think about that. I was just like, well, you're going to pay the guy what he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that is something have no choice. Yeah, it's definitely going to be something that's in the option. It's just because, you know, hey, we'll give you, you know, five years, $147 million, just going off what the Joe contract mm-hmm. was. Um, but you have to meet these requirements. I think that would be something that's interesting because they kind of save their ass. But also, it mm-hmm. works out, you're getting a healthy Christoph Porzingis. See, I just, the only thing I don't like about that in this is kind of like, and this was after we got done with the topic, this was kind of the 
before John, hey, have a good one. Um, and we were talking to him afterwards. He brought that load management. Well, if you're going to do that with either Kristaps or Luca, and you're going to put that into a contract, let's say it's Kristaps, and you're going to put that in, you then ha- you're losing your control to say, hey, we're going to manage your load because it's if I'm Kristaps, I'm going to sit there and go, hey, you there know what? I'm playing to get this money. Like, I'm not going to lose this money because you want me to rest for the playoffs. You want to manage my load. Yeah, got to manage that load, baby. Manage ew, that load. Ew, you just took it worse. That's... Yeah, because you told me to. No, yeah, you pretty me. much asked for Yikes. it. Why don't you start poking the bear? You know what's going to happen, um, Sean. No, I, I think obviously they're going to. They're going to make the goals obtainable because they're not going to be. They're not going to want him to gas himself and put, mm-hmm. risk himself for injuries. Right. But like, hey, if you get injured, you're not able to play sixty games. Well, then we're I mean, you have to look back. at his history, and that's the thing is, you know, he like Joe have has been injured, you know, almost every year in the NBA. So I would like to see some sort of restrictions put in place. But at the same time, once you start landing those restrictions in the contract uh, framework. Other teams can come and be like, look, we're just going to give you the money. Yeah. And he doesn't have the loyalty to the Mavericks like mm-hmm. Joel Embiid had to the Sixers. So I think that's a tricky game, and you have to be very careful about the way that works because you don't want to you know, push him out of town because you're saying you don't believe in him being healthy yeah, long but enough. It, it's a negotiation. I, mean, I agree. He, I just you know, think it's, it's, it's uh, something that, like, hey, if, if this is something that's completely off the table, then we're not going to go after it. But right. this is something that we think would be beneficial to both parties. Let's go after it. Um. And we don't know what rapport he's built up so far with the, the Dallas Maverick franchise. But let's say, you know, everything goes right with him. Chris Stops hits, signs a contract. He's there for, you know, four years, whatever. Luca's obviously, you know, just becoming a better yep. player, um, adding more to his game, becoming a more intact in de- uh, defender, um, adding adding more to that gas tank. What is the ideal player to put next to those players? You obviously have a, a dynamic oh. uh, scorer in Luka Doncic and, and just a dynamic just offensive weapon in, in Luka Doncic, and you have the unicorn in Kristaps Porzingis. What is the key piece next to them? Mark Cuban's going full Euro. Like, you're, you're <laughs> going after Goran Dragic. You're going after Boyan Bogdanovich. You're going after Nikola Vucevic. Give me all of them. All the bitches. You're saying, <laughs> you're saying this year. Yeah, I think this year. Like, you, if you can land one of those guys, and I get it. Goran Dragic, older, coming off of an injury, so he's probably not going to get a ton of money, which well, is why I think he out? does have a player opt for 17 mil. That's why I'm like, I don't know if he's, or I'm sorry, 19 mil, I think, this year. He's going to take it. He's probably going to take that because at 33, that's that's a good deal for him. Yeah. But at the same time, if you convince him to play with his buddies. Mm-hmm. And not go, play on the Miami Heat. Go full Euro. Go full Euro. But uh, do you, Boyan, want, though, is but do you ever go full Euro, Dave? Boyan or uh, Nicola are the two guys I would look at. Uh, Boyan had incredible success uh, being the, uh, I guess, he's, he's the guy who stood up. Yeah. He, he stood up when the Pacers needed someone. Obviously, Tyreek uh, choked under pressure. Uh, we saw Miles Turner defensively good. Did a lot more than just choking under pressure. Well, he hey, was doing a lot of drugs. He was, Got suspended for two years. He was also doing that. Um, but you saw, like, Sabonis and Turner knocking down in the low post but same time Boyan was the one really doing a lot of the heavy carrying we saw him under heavier usage put up over 20 i think 24 a night uh like a couple of boards a couple of assists like he is a, a great defensive wing on top of that so i think adding him into the mix would be excellent that would round that team out so well and Vucevic on the other hand like he's a do-it-all center and that's not bad to have i don't know that mm-hmm. how much value i have on that but because of their lack of depth at center potentially, and lack of healthiness as big men, I think that one might have more value. Mm-hmm. I, I, why do you think they need to make the play right away, though? 
I think that I, I don't think any of these guys are max contract worthy. They're role players. I, I think you no, they're they're no, better than they're role players. Starters. They're better than role players. No, they're like Vucevic had a fantastic. When I year. say that he's is, an all star. Let, yeah. let me say it this way: You're not adding your superstar or your star piece this year to me. You're adding those guys that are going to work with Luca Kristaps and that third player. I might you're do like in. a two year deal for like twenty million. You know. I think I think Vucevic two years twenty million somewhere around that range. That way you get him for the couple of years, and then mm-hmm. you're still available for that window where you're really attracted at the twenty twenty one, right? Yeah. So I think that might be my strategy: is kind of pay it forward, do the short term higher salary contract because you do have that flexibility mm-hmm. now, and then you know if they like it, if they want to stay with you, you'll have flexibility going forward. But if there's a better option out there, you can pivot. Mm-hmm. So I think you go, you know, JJ Reddick style where yeah. they just, you know, opened up the bank form for a couple of years. And now we have the decision moment and it's like, well, this offseason we'll see if they did, you know, their goodwill's there and JJ wants to return for a lesser deal or if he's going to be a highly paid mercenary because he's worth it. I, I, what type of player type, though, is, is more of what I was asking. So like what what European. Like, okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going full. I mean, Giannis full is Euro, technically Dave, European. Say it again. Full Euro. Full Euro. Giannis is European. Like that's, I mean, it gr- seems like Mark it, Cuban's thing, right? If I know anything about ge- uh, geography, which I really don't, Greece. I, I'm pretty sure I thought Greece, you said Giannis there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, Greece is a uh, European country. Yeah. I don't think uh, the Grecian people mm-hmm. are, are just Grecian people. I think they're also I, Europeans. Yeah, I say that. Um, and it goes back right. to the conversation I know we had in the the opening of the show mm-hmm. of like I know a lot of things have to play out, but do you guys see? Could you look in your crystal ball and see a possibility of Giannis not being a Milwaukee Buck for the rest of his career? Last time we said that out loud, we made a lot of people know. No, I'm not, I'm not, I, I think that you know it, it's it's a possibility, but you're saying it's a possibility mm-hmm. is is yeah exactly. I mean it's a it's a low possibility. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see it happening, and we're so far away. And right now everything's going right in Milwaukee. Now what if something goes wrong? What it does this, if do Christmas takes change? a deal out? If, yeah, you know for whatever reason if Brogdon gets offered a shit ton of money. Bledsoe gets hurt next year or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, we don't know what could yeah. happen with it. Maybe you know somehow. The Bud and Giannis uh, relationship sours or something like that. I mean, two years is a lot to happen where he already signs the deal and we're not even talking about Giannis in 2020 for agency class or, you know, he's he's the biggest name on the market. Um, I think a lot of things could happen um, with that. So I really don't want to touch it on too much. But I I think like I was looking for, you know, they need a point guard next to Luka. And and, and I think they already have that on the roster in Jalen Brunson. Do they need a, a five that can play, you know, great lockdown defense so that load's not really put on Kristaps Porzingis? Or do they need just a three that can guard, you know, those tougher guys that Luka might not be able to? And I think that's where I kind of end up landing mm-hmm. is you need to go after that, like, elite three player. You need to go after, like, a Kevin Durant who can guard multiple positions. Um, obviously, you know, who fucking doesn't want to add Kevin Durant to their team? Or I think a guy, you know, at a much lower tier than Kevin Durant clearly would be like a Chris Middleton, um, at least available this year. Great shooter from the outside, great defender, versatile, um, can play multiple positions. I think he'd be a very interesting piece on the Mavericks. Um, but then again, do I want to spend all that money early and not possibly take a shot at like a CJ McCollum uh, or, you know, a Bradley Beal? I would love mm-hmm. to see Bradley Beal oh on my the team. God. Um, it'd be nasty. So that's kind of what I'd weigh on it. Like, you know, do can how patient can you be with this? And I think you can be fairly patient because you want to see what you have from Kristaps. You want to see what Luca can do, and maybe you can kind of see more when they're playing together. What holes are really more apparent on this? So, if I'm the Mavericks trying to build this big three, 
I'm not going after it this year. If I was going to go after it this year, I'd go after like Chris Mid. Maybe not really like Vucevic. I'd go after more like Chris Mid. Um, I'm a player like Chris Mid, or maybe even just Chris Middleton. Um, but outside of that, I, I would probably say in the grand scheme of things, give it at least a year, see what 2020 brings and, and 2021 brings. Another thing that's going to be interesting too is, so looking at the free agents, let's say, because we brought up 2021. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing about 2021, the one that actually sparks my mind is Bradley Beal, if he is a free agent, I agree with you. I'd be like, okay, let's make a serious offer at Bradley. But if Paul George says, I'm not taking this player option, he would be one that I look at and could be that third piece with Kristaps and Luka. The other thing, though, is Luka would be making $10.1 million in 2021. So coming out of that free agency into that year, that's the last year on Luka's rookie deal before he's an RFA. So it's like you've got that free – like I feel like 2021 is the last time they could make that push because it matters what they do at Kristaps because in 2022, they're going to have to pay for Luka. Like there's no question. They're going to have to pay because some team is going to throw a contract out there just to throw a contract out there for the Mavericks, and it's Luka. So, of course, you're going to keep them if you're Dallas – and there's a lot of free agents like that I'm looking at 2022. That's because that it's could like five me. years away and exactly. the contract in the NBA exactly. is like five years max for the exceptional players. Like so me, I literally could, every player who's not on a five year mm-hmm. deal. Like in a in a perfect world, I could see this team, and you guys might disagree with me with this, but I would say Paul George and Blake Griffin and that 2022 would be good. And you have Luca Luca, Paul George. Um George is not available. Paul George was not. Gonna he be would be if he really? takes the option. He's available that year because the option is in 2021. If he takes the option, he's available in 2022. Um, so if you add Wait, Paul did, George, uh, did he sign a four-year deal or five-year deal? He is. I'm, I've got it up right now. He's got a three and one. So okay. at 2021, was, if he does not take that player up, he's I a free was agent. Misremembering yeah. his. his, um, his I'm assume. I'm guessing he'll take the op because I don't think he's going to opt out. Um, early there, I think Unless him and Russ. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't know if if they implode and he keeps playing at this high mm-hmm. level, he's gonna opt out. I think him and Russ at this point come out the same year after um, their player ops. My ideal in that 2022, if they get there, is Luca, Paul George, Blake Griffin, Kristaps, and then you're just finding your um, shooting guard or your fifth starter on that team. Because I didn't list off a. Shooting oh, you're guard. saying Blake or Paul George. I'm saying both. That's not happening. No. There's no way in hell. Well, and that's why I'm saying the Luca thing is Both of those guys are max players, and Luca also will be coming up on a Look, you've got to think about that situation. There's no way that caps a score. They're along the same lines of where the Sixers were. You've got two uber-talented young kids, and you need to make the contracts work up and time out right. Mm -hmm. The problem is the Sixers had draft capital uh, coming out the butthole because they had a great person in their front office, Sam yeah. Hankey. Well, and they drafted both guys. Where and you, they you went out guys. and traded for pretty much both mm-hmm. guys, technically, because you gave Correct. up a, a draft pick this year for Luca. Um, although you did draft him, and then you gave up two first round picks in 2021 and 2023 for for Kristaps. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you're already like a leg down from their situation, but at the same time, I think that you have a front office. You have stability in your front office, and you have stability in your coach. 
which is massively better than what the 76ers have been dealing with. I know that head coach has been Brett Brown the entire time. Just there's some issues with Brett Brown as far as you know him compared to the Mavericks having someone who's actually won something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that situationally they they're they are at an interesting point because you're right. They have a window to make contracts happen. Could I see them going out and doing something similar where it's like, all right, well, it's the last year before we've got to assign Luca to a max. Well, let's go ahead and make our move and go grab, you know, someone of the someone like how the 76ers grabbed Jimmy Butler this year and Tobias mm-hmm. Harris. I could see them doing the same thing come that time. I think for now, you, you can take stabs at players. You can just add on role players, guys who have high upside and hope to build them and they'll stick around when it comes time to compete deep in the playoffs. Question. Just like they did with the 2019 pick and then, like Sean said, the 2021 and 2023 pick, does this team, depending on how Luca and Chris Stops hopefully play at the beginning of next year, do they maybe go, all right, let's see if we can package the 2020 and 2022 pick to get that third player? You can't. You can't trade away those picks? No, No, because you can't pay back-to-back years. Okay. So unless they're trading it for picks inside of it, well, like the Timberwolves what, and Bulls did, where they yeah. traded seven and sixteen, or like the the uh, the Mavericks did with the Hawks, what, where they traded point three is, for five. If they could they get cannot. it to work out to get a player via a trade and trade those picks, and they would work it out to get their own, is that even an option for you to no. trade for that player? Seems pretty since, rather since than free so highly unlikely to to do that. I mean, the way that they would have to do it would be for them to have such a I mean high pick somehow yeah I mean like you'd have to have a high pick and then the team that you, it, it'd be have to be similar to the Minnesota Timberwolves mm-hmm. Chicago thing where Chicago was a team that was um or uh, Minnesota was a team that was in the top seven yeah um but you know we're trying to make that push and Chicago was just outside of the lottery or even you know in the 20s to make that flip happen for a superstar I, and I don't even know what team is really going to be one of those teams that can make that deal. Um, like, what team's going to have an unwanted, you know, a star that doesn't want to be there and is going to force his, his way out? I don't I mean, know who that would be. Depends on the that. Wizards. If Let's say the Wizards play better with whatever draft pick they get, and they're lower than the Mavericks, that could be a Bradley Beal trade. But why would Beal want to leave if they're doing better? I mean, it, at that point, it's with a, a healthy John Wall coming. necessarily not if a Bradley Beal wants to do better. It's a team of, do we want to trade one of these guys? That's what it could well, come down to. If they're doing better, why would they want to trade? Bradley because Beal? of contracts. That's the whole, like the whole thing we've talked about with John Wall and Bradley Beal. It's all contracts with them. Moving on from that Bradley Beal contract because you moving can't on lose. From, it's moving on from the John Wall one. Well, you can't to, like we've said you can't move that. Yeah, one but you know what's going to take. You're, it. you're you're moving on from Bradley Beal because you want to max out on his his his, his value. value when you're bad. But if you're good, if you're then winning, there's no reason to. Yeah, no, you roll um, with those two together. I mean, they they're good enough to get you to the Eastern Conference, you know, semis. And then if they hit on the draft or they get some pieces to stick around, like that's a team that. I will never discount, and I always unfavorably, you know, root for them. But like, they just disappoint the hell out of me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what how exactly happening. I think you're just going to put all the eggs in the basket of free agency, especially in 2020 and 2021. Do you uh, think those this year, the ones role players and just short term? I don't really think tank. No, I'm not saying tank. I'm I saying you said tank. I'm role sorry. players in short term. Yes, I think, I think that's so. what that's what Fred and Seal turn out. To seeing do. what Jalen Brunson can do, uh, you know, going after the guys that are still in your roster because I think that's going to be important, and making sure the load's not entirely on Luka. 
you know, being able to balance his his, his uh, ability and his his time on the floor because uh, that's going to be huge too because you got to protect that asset. So I'll throw this out there yeah. because I had to look exactly where the Bulls were the year you brought him up with 16. Jimmy. What if it's the same situation then? If if you're the Wizards and you're the eight seed and lost and are the sixteenth pick, do you still make that move to get a top seven guy and move on from Bradley Beal, or are you sitting there going, "Hey"? We're happy with the eight seed and what this team got us. Like we feel like we can push in the East as an eight seed. No, because the Wizards had, or sorry, the Bulls had one guy, and that was Jimmy Butler on the mm-hmm. team. That was uh, a star. Outside of that, they were pretty much in rebuild mode. Like no one thought that team was going to be good, and the only reason why they were was because, or the only reason. Remember, they were in the we playoffs. got young and got Rondo and Dwayne well, Wade. Yeah, they were only in the playoffs. No, because, that was the year we had Rondo and D. Yeah, that's the thing is they were, yeah. the only reason they were in the playoffs because they were in a bad East. Yeah, and they had Wade, Rondo, and Butler. But those guys were off the, the team that year, mm-hmm, so it was yep. pretty much just like, let's start the rebuild. Um, so it would be the Wizards having to say, let's start, let's the, rebuild, start the rebuild, but I don't which think we've had that discussion about the Wizards before. But I don't think it's going to be possible with John Wall on the, on the team. So, no, I don't, I don't think that's going to be a thing. Um, all right, so we all think it pretty much free agency outside of you. You're kind of exploring it could be, some trade. It could be a trade. I'm going to throw it out there. They could make it work. Mark Cuban, he's smart enough. He could make it work if he wants to. Could they to. take on a bad contract from somebody? In favor of something, yeah, they maybe? did that for Tim Hardaway. Yeah, they could do it again. So I'm thinking, but like they but like paid, for what? I don't know. I'm just saying, like the if Hassan Whiteside signs a contract, signs that uh player off, and is like, look, guys, I'm gonna take the money. I'm gonna take the 25 million dollars that you guys owe me. And the Heat are like, look, we need you off our fucking books now. I can't <laughs> wait a year. But then if that that means they're gonna, the Heat are gonna have to give up a a pick, right? That's so they're going to have to give up this pick for but the 13. They already gave up their 2021. Their 2021. Yeah, that's the point I was going to get to. So they, yeah. they, 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 they It's would, not long-term enough to make me afraid. You're right. And that's yeah, the so, only I mean, pick they, they've they given only up. Give up. They can only give up the 2019 because they can't give up 2020. Right. And so they can't give up 2022. They can give up 2023. So they can give up 2023 yeah. or they can give up 2019. Yeah. I doubt they're going to give up 2019. So then what the no, fuck No, one-year contract, I'm not afraid enough. Like, even though it is $25 million, but yeah. the Heat have been in cap hell forever. Like, they're just constantly... You know, mm-hmm. I don't think it really scares Pat Riley too much. Um, I think he he could probably talk his way up. I think he'd talk Hassan White out of somehow taking not taking that deal. So you need um, someone on a terrible contract. Yep. You need another. Uh, oh God, what was his name? Uh, Damari Carroll. Oh. You need another Damari Carroll, uh, a player who you know underperformed, got but got paid. You know, after yeah, so or it's a like, Mozgov thing where they got D'Angelo Russell from with Mozgov. Jesus Christ, for Brooke Talk Lopez. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a difficult situation to work out a trade. That's why I think it's just going to be enough for agency. Um, and I think that if you're looking for somebody, it's got to be an elite wing, um, or maybe not an elite yeah, wing, like but Boyan Bogdanovich, could, like Boyan Bogdanovich, <laughs> who's available um, this year. If they added Boyan, I'd be pretty pumped. Are you kidding me? Fun. Triple Euro out there? It'd be sick. Um, and I love Boyan. Boyan's a fun guy to watch. He um, is. And I think, but I think Chris Mid, who's already been in that like role of being a two or three to a star. You know, Luca's going to be at least that that number one option because that's what you want him to yeah, become. Absolutely, he might not be be that best the best player on that team if Kristaps is fully healthy. Um, but Kristaps be or Chris Mid being in it, that role already might be an easy transition. It's just I think you should wait and, and see what could be possibly out there because if you're able to add Giannis in two years, I'd yeah, rather do. I'd say ra- no to that. I'd rather do that. Or if I could add Paul George. I'd rather do that. Like I'd rather wait it out and see. Then give a happen. full four-year contract to somebody yeah, this year, or Bradley Beal. Like I, I'd rather wait it out. Um, right. But final thoughts on the Mavericks, Gunny? 
I think it's going to be either trade or probably three free agency 2021 or 2022. David? Full Euro. All right, full Euro. Boyan Bogdanovich is going to be a Dallas Maverick, according to Dave. Let us know your thoughts down in the comments below. How should the Mavericks build out their big three? It's going to be tough to do that through the draft unless they somehow could hit in the 2020 draft. Um, but, you know, outside of that, give us your thoughts down in the comments below. How do you think they should build around Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis in the upcoming years? But let's move into the next topic, and we got a couple disclaimers. We got, first off, we want to let you know about the live NBA mock draft that's coming up. We're going to probably shoot for Friday um, on that or Saturday. We'll officially put out details mm -hmm. um, on Twitter. So check that out, twitter.com slash mostaboutpod, um, or also just subscribe to our YouTube channel and post notifications because we'll, we'll also post a video as well uh, promoting that so you guys know, and you guys can follow us on Twitch as well, twitch.tv slash mostaboutpodcast. Um, but along with that, um, right now, it's game six of the NBA uh, Eastern Conference Finals. And right now, the Game Bucks, six of the NBA Finals. <laughs> uh, game six of the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, the Bucks third lead 76-71. It's the end of the third quarter. We are taking the risk, mm -hmm. saying that the finals are not over. Uh, because we have to record. I haven't eaten in 12 hours. so uh, Just 12? Yeah, because I woke up at 9.30. Just 12? So I, 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 Get on my I level, bro. 9.30. What? I don't think I've eaten since yesterday at... You're a fucking idiot. When we idiot. went to dinner. You're an idiot. Uh -huh. So 6 o'clock? So I've been like, yeah, 6 o'clock, 6.30. That's a dumb move. Yeah. Uh, so 6.15. I'll to, say 6.15. To put it lightly, we are hungry. Damn, you didn't eat so, today? No. Fuck, man. So hopefully we can at least, uh, you know, hopefully we don't have to look like idiots about this. But uh, let's roll the dice. Uh, Ricky, who's your what boy? Oh, wait. That's why I was really passionate about the wings. This is a segment. <laughs> Yeah, called what boys? Yeah, we talk about that. the dampest of dudes, <laughs> Our the soggiest of shooters, so long, and the yeah. moistest of men. This is where we give credit to the people who absolutely popped up over the past week, had historic performances, insane stats, uh, impressive uh, outings. Uh, these are our what boys. Um, I totally forgot I was. It just shows how long segment. it shows how long the season is. Where Sean, week number one, ha, really into it. By this time, it's like, all right, Ricky, who's your fucking wet boy? <laughs> Ricky, who's no your fucking wet boy? Well, I'll, I'll I'll guess what team he's from. Warriors. Let's see, it's Ricky. So he's not the Bulls a aren't in the playoffs. I will say this before I give my wet boy. I didn't want to pick a warrior this week. I was hoping one of you two schmucks would pick up the uh, the the slack. And I picked pick a warrior. This guy. No, no, no. I'm not saying. I know like, what I'm saying. Like the I, right warrior, though the best warrior. So I'm that sorry, I can give some love. So much fucking credit. I really wanted to give some love to uh, Fred Van Vliet. So I'm sorry, Fred Van Vliet, because these guys did not pick Steph Curry. I intentionally I go. didn't pick Steph Curry because I, I don't know. think Fred Van Vliet deserves a wet boy. I wanted to give some love to Fred Van Vliet. Um, Wichita State, um, so I wanted to give some love to him. So, Steph you Curry, didn't go there. he is, or was he, yeah, he was Yeah, but Wichita. you didn't go there. No. Why do you I'm want giving, to give love to Wichita State? No, I'm giving love to him, the former Wichita State shocker. Um, but I got to go with Steph Curry. He's flexing. Um, Kevin Durant, who, is basically the question, because Steph Curry said, this is my team. They have not lost since KD went out. Steph Curry's been carrying this team. Of course, I know there's still a great team um, with KD, but like this is what I was telling you, folks. When everyone was like, oh, my God, they're done. The the Charles is saying the Rockets is, are going to beat them without KD. There's no way they're going to beat in the NBA Western Conference Finals without KD. This team is really good. Steph Curry is really good. He is proving, hey, remember when I won uh, two MVPs? Oh, that's right. 
I did. I'm really good. Remember me. So Steph Curry, he's my wet boy. Thanks for those hot takes saying that Steph Curry's really good. He's really good. Well, he's, people, he's just really good. People he's forget great. about greatness. Sometimes you got great, to Ricky? remind them. Is he better than Kevin Durant? I would say overall. No. Yeah, I would say he could no. give a running for it, but no. I would put him at third if I was really ranking. But he would give KD a run for number two. Bold, because I, I might put my wet boy this week with, you know, Kawhi Leonard at third best in the NBA. Uh, I might. I don't know if I would, but I might because he he had so he's had uh, probably one of the best performances in the NBA playoffs. He's hurt a so that's one thing. He's shooting incredible splits for two, and he is right now in the middle of game six, not winning but close, uh, having a good performance. So you know, I just Kawhi Leonard. He literally does it all. He freakishly long. He's played so damn well this series. Played so damn well all the playoffs. I think this is his second or third wet boy at this point during the playoffs. Mm. Um, just yeah, he, he deserves the love. You know, I hope they, I hope that he keeps playing well. But it's kind of a bummer that we have to watch either he or Giannis kind of get knocked out this round. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I want to watch. Can we, can we put? Can we have the Bucks merge. and Raptors merge for the yeah. playoffs to face the Warriors? Can that be a thing? It would be nice. <laughs> like um, we had the Sun Kings, but that was the bottom of the barrel teams. Yeah. And obviously, I'm going to take my victory lap here because uh, I called that he was going to be one of the best, if not so the good. best players in the playoffs this year. Uh, 51% from the field, 41% from three, 88.7% from the line, 8.4 boards, 3.6 assists, one and a half steals, a half a block a game on 31.4 points <laughs> per game. He's been absolutely insane. Yep. And you look at the, the the last game that he had, too, against Milwaukee in the six-point victory. 11-25 um, from the field, 5-8 from three. Eight and nine from the line, uh, seven boards, nine assists, two steals, um, and, and thirty-five points. He was absolutely incredible. So, uh, shout out to Kawhi Leonard, uh, just making me look good. Um, yeah. Shout out to him and Nikola Jokic, the only guys that actually come through for me. Uh, my wet boy is going to be Draymond Green, though. Uh, Draymond Green, Katie coming out, Draymond coming back, uh, pretty much. Uh, Draymond looking like his old self uh, in the two games that he did play since the seventeenth. Uh, he went fifty-two uh, percent from the field. 25% from three, which is typical Draymond Green. 85% from the line. 13 boards, 11 and a half assists, three and a half steals, one and a half blocks, and 19 points per game. Absolutely crazy from Draymond Green. That's why he's a former Defensive Player of the Year uh, winner. That's why he's uh, multiple def- uh, all-time uh, all-defense team, uh, and that's why he is an NBA champion as well. Draymond Green is uh, is nasty. He also keeps people Kevin in the balls. He is, but he's he's good at that too. Um, so he is. He, he's, he's good. He's, good. He's, he's good without KD, um, and he's good at kicking people in the nuts. They just tied it. Nice. Shout out <laughs> Raptors. Uh, if the Raptors come back, I'm also gonna have to hear my cousin Ben talk about well, it because hey, he's an annoying idiot. You like, should be. The Raptors re- are gonna win four straight games. I'm like, no, they're not. And he's like, yeah, they are. <laughs> you should be he's rooting for the Raptors. Hot though. takes, and now he's throwing out hot takes. You should yeah, be I think rooting they're gonna for win. I think they're gonna win because when we all picked our teams, Jake's is out, Dave's is out, yours and mine are the only two that remain. But here's the thing: is I'm not worried if they go to Game Seven, I'm taking the Raptors. Okay, but I just. I don't want my is cousin it, Ben to write. I, I'd is rather, it bad I want the I'd Raptors be, to win, but I would love to be right I'd rather, like back in the box? I'd rather be Fear wrong. Fear the deer, baby. I'd rather be wrong yeah. and my co- than my cousin Ben be right. Because that's just quality of life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's obnoxious. Can uh, I, shout out Ben. Can love I you. say one thing before we wrap up, White yeah, Boys? You know what's the one thing that has upset me this week? It mm. shouldn't upset me, but it just does. All this Drake talk. And the reason why is, like, everyone freaking out, like, oh, man, Drake is too much on the sideline. He's touching coaches. Do we remember Spike Lee? 
Do you remember what he was to Reggie Miller and the Pacers and all and Spike that? Spike Lee like, wasn't touching coaches, though. Yeah, Spike Lee would basically taunt the players and stuff. Okay, and but he wasn't. He's dra- he's, fans can do that. My point is, and this is my little rant, is it doesn't matter. Drake is the Spike Lee of this generation. That's what it is. He's the guy that's on the sideline. He's the guy that's going to mess with the players while they're playing. He's going to feel like he's involved with the game. He is the Spike Lee of 2019, or of the 2010s, I should say. Just like Spike Lee was the fan on the sideline in the 90s. I'm with Bud. I'm, I'd be fine with if, if Drake wasn't on the sidelines uh, or, or uh, center court. I just whatever. don't think it's that big of a deal. I just don't care. I just think it's so weird that he is from Degrassi. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they're all saying some jumbo. I don't, know. I don't care. I don't care about the dude's music. I don't care about that dude. So if if he if he wasn't at Toronto Kiki. games, I wouldn't care. Uh, final thoughts uh, doesn't matter. It's what boys. Uh, again, check out the NBA live draft coming out either Friday or Saturday. Stay tuned to this YouTube channel put on post notifications uh, so you can have that notification when we fully announce the date. And also uh, follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash podcast because that's where it will be happening live on that to-be-determined date. But let's move into our final topic, and that is the Minnesota Timberwolves. We're moving down the draft order. We're not going to have enough time to get through all 30 teams, but we'll at least try to knock out the lottery. Yeah. Uh, probably pre-draft, we'll probably just knock out the, the rest of the teams. Uh, maybe not the Celtics, because they can kind do of fuck Do best themselves. of the rest. Um, yeah, we'll do best of the rest for, uh, for team fits. We're doing team fits for the Minnesota Timberwolves. They'll be picking 11th. In the upcoming NBA draft, I think that's correct. Correctly, it is from correct. Wrong. It is correct. Uh, the Hawks are picking tenth. So in the T Wolves be eleven. Thanks. Have a good memory. Um, so we're talking about best fits. I think let's just start off with the obvious. This is one that Dave and I have been driving home for the mm-hmm. past. 14, Even our commenters do fourteen mock drafts. Like, yeah. When we do the Timberwolves, who are we going to say, Sean? It's 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 Brandon Clark uh, out of Gonzaga, six eight, uh, semi, uh, small forward, power forward, center extraordinaire. Um, came in pretty small. At the draft combine, to put it, uh, Frank, I think he was six six without shoes, six eight with shoes. Um, didn't have a crazy wingspan either, but had a, had great measurables. Um, great, you know, speed, great, yeah. uh, 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 vertical as well. Um, All the very, drills, he yeah. really knocked it out for his size, for his size and his class. Yeah, like. and showed why he was such a great college player. Yep. Like, I mean, yes, he didn't have that size, that elite size of a, a t- typical rim protector, but he did have great, uh, you know. Uh, What's it called? Not vitals, but uh, just great drills. skill testing uh, drills, uh, skill testing at the combine that showed off, you know, his his elite athleticism that that really put him on on the map in college. So let's talk about why he is such an interesting fit for them. Um, and since I want to bring this up too, uh, when we've talked about this fit before, we've kept saying that you got to put a power forward next to Cat, uh, and they brought up and the commenters brought up Dario Saric. What makes Clark different than Dario that makes it a fit that that is needed for the Timberwolves? One word. Defense. Mm-hmm. Crazy thought, guys. It's a good word. Uh, Dario Sarge is a good scorer, good offensive. He tries on defense, but he's slow. He gets abused on the pick and roll all day. Every switch they do, it's just it's bad news bears. Well, and it's like we were talking, getting under John after his segment, and he even said that uh, – I believe the phrasing he used for Dave and I, because we mentioned on the PTP, that we did Brandon Clark dirty um, yeah. when we were talking. Because the whole big thing... It was a post-combine well, review. And the whole thing that we kind of mentioned was, is he going to be a three or a four? And the thing that I was interested that John said was, he goes, you got to think of him more as a three, that he's going to be the type of player with his defense to be able to guard those like 
Kawhi level wings that like the Kawhi's, the LeBrons, and I'm not saying that he's going to come out and do that right away, but like you're hoping that's the kind of defensive player you're getting. And when I look at this T Wolves team, they do need that. Like they need that, especially on the outside, and that's where he's different than. Dario, because I'm not expecting Dario to go out on the outside and defend those wings. So, I mean, that would be me where I look at him to be the good fit. Is he going to be a leading offensive guy? No, it's going to be his defense that adds to this team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, too, is like Dario, we saw early on, He and you're going to bring up the uh, overseas games that he was playing uh, during the offseason that kind of gassed him out. But to start that season, he did not start off hot. And maybe I'm basing it too much off those first 13 games. But I don't think he added too much to that Timberwolves team that was like, all right, Dario's for sure a future piece. Dario's definitely an interesting piece, but I think most likely T-Wolves fans are automatically going to, you know, uh, you know, attach to him because he is such a likable player. And also Philly fans are going to come out of the woodwork because he was such a fan favorite yeah, over there. But I look at him, I don't really have that much of an attachment to him. I think he's a, a good player. I mean, being that size and being that gifted offensively is, is important, but I don't think that's necessary when you already have Cat. And I think when I look at Brandon Clark, I think of a guy that would be such a great compliment to Cat because, yes, he doesn't have that size, but Cat does. But Cat really doesn't use that size to his advantage. So if Cat's able to slow down some of these big men, a la Joel Embiid, who's bullied the shit out of him for the past three years. Yeah, um, that man is his bitch. If he's, a, <laughs> if he's able to slow him <laughs> down in some ways, at least enough time for Brandon Clark to come over and then provide help, help defense, yeah. that would be massive to this team. And, and yes, obviously you can bring up the fact, well, one team's an Eastern Conference team, one team's a Western Conference team. But this is just for, let's say, Nicole Jokic when you know they're going up against each other. And let's say you know it's a, a, a Yusuf Nurkic if, if they're meeting each other in the, the playoffs, if the T-Wolves make the playoffs. That is when these, these scenarios would be most important. And I think the biggest question, though, for Clark is how is he actually going to fit in the NBA? Is he going to be a three? Is he going to be a four? Um, is he going to be a massively undersized five? Um, undersized, uh, yeah, massively undersized five. Uh, those are the questions that I have, and I want to bring up first is what's Wiggins' futures on the future on this team? Because obviously he has this long contract that you're not going to be able to go, get away from. Hmm. But how would he fit with Brandon Clark? Because we obviously think that him and Cat are a great fit, but you're going to have to give Wiggins these minutes. How is he going to fit? And especially if he's if Brandon Clark's playing the three. What is that going to do to Andrew Wiggins? Do you have to move Wiggins to the two? Is he going to be a fit at the two? What Did you, you forget about, about Roko? That's true. Um, you still got Ro- he was unhealthy, which is the reason why they yeah lost I didn't, I didn't forget a, forget necessarily about him, but I was just thinking at least if if those three on the floor, Cat, oh, yeah. Brandon Clark, and, and and Wiggins, what are you going to do? Because um, yeah, when Roko's healthy, it, most likely it's probably going to be he, uh, he, he's Teague, your three. T- yeah, Teague. Wiggins. Wiggins, Rocco, Clark, and, and Clark slash Dario yep. and and Cat. Um, how do you think that lineup then fits? It's interesting. It's really interesting because like Teague, obviously you have the the knowledge that he is not the guy of the future, but he's the guy of right now. He takes a lot of shots, which takes away from Cat. Uh, notably, he can stretch the floor. He can shoot well. He's not a bad player. He's like slightly above league average, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, my concern is with Wiggins and Brandon Clark's offensive games because I think defensively, having Rocco and Brandon Clark is amazing for any team because that gives you the ability to, you know, not only help defense on Cats' uh, targets at the five, but also you have two guys who can defend the wings really well. Just, I mean, 
Robert Covington, one of the best wing defenders in the game, three and D player, awesome. But you add in Brandon Clark, you're you're you got money. But I'm just concerned about the fact that both Clark and Wiggins both um, really do well driving the hoop. They're great slashers. And I know Brandon Clark plays closer uh, to the low post position offensively, but when he does get the ball at the top of the key, he can drive with it. So I just Wiggins ruins spacing. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's it's a problem we've all known. He's not gotten better as a shooter. Maybe this offseason is going to be the one. But I, that's my concerns offensively. I don't the the spacing's still not going to be great. I mean, you got Cat who can stretch it. You got Roku who can stretch it, and I guess Teague at times. So like. Three out, two in. It's not the best. It's not the worst. Maybe it can work out for them. I, I don't know. I think it's it's a, it's a lot to ask of a young coach, but it's still it's better than what they've got today. Mm. You know, I think that I think Adam Clark is an upgrade over Dario for that team to function offensively and spacing wise. I think it's I think it's an upgrade. Yeah, and they ended up going with uh, if you haven't heard, they ended up going with uh, Flip Saunders' son Ryan Saunders, who was the. Uh, interim coach mm-hmm. as their full-time head coach so uh congrats to him on that and get the job i didn't really see too much of a difference though in that team obviously there was a difference because you heard less about the minnesota timberwolves when tips was a coach um and obviously he wasn't a, 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 a charge of the uh personnel changes anymore um but i really didn't see that much of a floor difference i don't think he had enough time to really install anything as well uh to make this team yeah, schematically different similar um but looking at this team and their future ricky if they don't go brandon clark let's say he's off the board or he's mm-hmm. not uh, around what positions should they be looking for what positions could help them because obviously they're going to have to deal with cat and, and 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 wiggins on this team for a while just because of their contracts i'm thinking two guard and that was the second thing like the two that i had in my mind were romeo langford and kevin porter jr mm. but after you talking dave about andrew wiggins and kind of being a space killer, yeah. I almost feel like Tyler Hero would be a better fit than either of those two guys because Tyler Hero is a guy that, because he can shoot better for me from the outside, like how I would rank it is Tyler Hero, Kevin Porter Jr., then Romeo. Um, if I'm ranking the twos, I would go for a two that's going to give me space, shoot from the outside, although you have Hero and Kevin Porter who can drive. The thing that intrigues me about Kevin Porter Jr. is the thing that we've said since the beginning. Once people started saying, like, mini Harden has that Harden game to him, not saying that he's going to become what Harden is. Hopefully he's not stepping back a million times and uh, flopping over people. But if he becomes even half of what Harden is, like, he would be worth a draft pick. And, like, that's, to me, the position that I think they would need more so than a Brandon Clark is that two guard position, Sean? You got hesitancy. I mean, I, well, I, the thing is, the thing is, is that they have one player on their team that can play defense, mm-hmm. and that's Rocco, obviously. Yep. Um, and I, and I look at that, and when you're just trying to go offense, 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 and I mean, Kevin I think Porter Jr. can play defense too. Eh. He's long. He, he can develop into one. I yeah. don't think he's I mean, got the he's tools. He's not Brandon Clark, but like yeah. I wouldn't say his defense is Swiss cheese. Like, I would say Romeo's a better defender than Kevin Porter. Though. I would say both of them have the potential to be they good defensive potential. pieces. That's Why the not thing. throw in a third guy with um, Mikhail Alexander Walker? Yeah, I the thing that I I, I want the point that I'm trying to make though is I think if you go with Hero, then you're just like, all right, we're only going to be offense. We're not going to be anything versi- versatile, and we're mm-hmm. not going to show anything else than, than our offense. We're just going to try to focus on points. Yeah. And hey, you know, some people that's 
So that's the idea of some people of what the NBA is. Oh, it's all offense. Well, I mean, you look at it, and, like, the scores aren't drastically different. Yes, it's mm-hmm. a 2004 basketball, but that's the most boring shit in the world. Um, go watch an Allen Iverson game. It's not fun. Um, but if you go watch, like, 90s basketball, it was high-paced, high-action, mm-hmm. high-scoring. Uh, same with the 80s, too. Like, the, the, the weird drought for after Jordan left was just boring. Like, boring basketball until LeBron picked it up in, like, the the 2010s. Um and, and and now at least with with this, um, I I feel like you need to have more versatility, and I I think hero would just mean less shots going towards cat because already you have Wiggins who's just a black hole of offense. Mm-hmm. If we're gonna go supernova of offense of Terrence Ross, hey Wiggins is the exact opposite, okay. saying the black uh, hole of I'll offense ask. just. Swallowing what, you up think shots. he was going to call Wiggins a supernova of offense? I I said black hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fair. Just I bringing just, I in the shots context. and missing them all. I need um, the context. The way Dave was like, hey, was like very defensive. I'm defensive about my supernova of offense. <laughs> yeah, it's a great line. So I'm going to say Wiggins is the black hole all odds because he's like the least efficient player in the NBA. There you go. Um, the thing, though, with that is I think Hero would take too many shots away from, from, from Towns. Taking any amounts of shots, like five shots a game. Uh, you know, if, it, if that's the difference between... If that's the difference between you know he, drafting hero and drafting mm-hmm. like uh, uh, a Brandon Clark, obviously it's not going to be five shots. Relax, Dave. Um, I am furiously typing. It, let's say you know Clark's going to get like seven shots a game and Hero's going to take ten shots a game. I would rather go with Clark just because that means I'm getting three more opportunities where where Towns could shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that's something that kind of worries me a little bit, and I think with. Again, bringing up the fact that Roko's the only guy that can play solid lockdown defense, I worry about that being the 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 I don't know the idea of it. So I I, I don't think you know really Romeo and, and Porter, although they have this high potential for being good defenders, I don't know if I want another those two guys because I kind of find them kind of in the same spot as Wiggins, where they're just kind of right now at this point possible black holes of offense as well. I, I think they might be taking in shots, and since they're trying to find their range and find their rhythm and find their ability of what they can do in mm-hmm. the NBA and what they can do in an offense, they might be guys that are also extremely inefficient. So I think best-case scenario for them is, you know, something crazy happens, DeAndre Hunter falls to them. That would be best-case scenario. If not, you go with Clark. If all of those options are off the board, I think you do look at Nikki Alexander-Walker because he can bring both uh, ball handling and, and, and spurts. He doesn't need to be the mm-hmm. guy. Um, but he can play defense. He can shoot from the outside, which provides spacing for you. And and obviously, you know, if Wiggins is killing the spacing, at least Nicky L can open it up a little bit more. And he brings versatility, being able to guard ones and twos and, and possibly even threes. As well. There's another guy, too. Like you mentioned DeAndre Hunter falling. That would work. There's another guy who I think has a better chance of falling than DeAndre Hunter uh-huh. that I think could fit very nicely with that team, and that's Ball Ball. And the reason why no. I say that is, yeah, say what you want about the knees. We'll talk about it until we're blue in the face. Not the knees, feet. Um, the feet, the knees, anything. Nope. Within, oh, just the, the big feet. guy. Feet are the um, thing that he hurt. He hurt. Yeah, I know. But, like, it's a big guy. So, like, once the feet go, the knees go, like, it's everything. Um, with big guys with the bodies of ball, ball. I know you can also mention what Dave and I talked about on the PTP of, like, he's 208. He needs to um, kind of eat and gain some weight he just, and he get lost some muscle. muscle because yeah, he, he was injured. Walk. I didn't um, work out. No, but 
that's genetics. Look at his dad. But the thing that Come I on. look at, how was he weighed earlier at two thir- or at two twenty? Then, like that's the thing. He was weighed at two thirty eight in Oregon. Yeah, and and we've seen consistently that when they were what they were listed at by their colleges, that they're at least fifteen pounds less than at the combine. So Clark was, I, I think Clark's twenty pounds less than what he was in college. I think he was he was two forty eight in college, and he he weighed in at the combine at like two twenty. Um, we've seen consistently that they beef up what they weigh um, on the the college's websites and college's books um, to, I don't know, just give the illusion that they're bigger. Um, I, I think that's something that is just cooked. I, I don't think he was ever 238. And I think that's a big problem is, you know, you look at his, his dad and his dad was here for, you know, a very limited time because he was, what? I was pulling off the Arthur lies on the internet meme. Oh, <laughs> um, why would they? But with 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 Manute, Manute came over, and the, the whole big thing was like trying to get him to gain weight, and they just could not do it. Mm-hmm. And Bo Bull's been here since he was born. I, mean, he was, I think he was. I don't know. If, I think I don't think he was born here, but he's he's been here for, since he was like four years old. Um, and he's been in AAU. He's been in high level high school pro, uh, yeah. programs. He's been at uh, a big school in Oregon. He's been able to have the ability to add weight, add muscle, and he's not been able to do it. I've never seen him as a muscular kid. It's, it's never been shown. And maybe you could eat until his face is, you know, fat, but I don't know if he's ever going to be a big guy. He's always going to have a poor center of gravity. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever going to be able to add that weight. And I've, this is a fight I keep having with Nigerodamus on Twitter uh, about he keeps sliding in the DMs and he's be like, mm-hmm. Bobo's a top three talent. He, you know, he's not like his dad. I just think he's going to be very similar to his dad in the, oh, if he in the fact in, that he if cannot he add injured, weight. He'd be in my top five. Like, and he was even in my top. Five. I should take that back. He was even in my top five before with the injury. But like, I really like what talented. he brings to the table, and he's a guy that can bring spacing, shot from the outside, defense, rebounding, like everything that we're mentioning about the mm-hmm. Bulls. It's like, yeah, Bobo can bring that to your team. He's talented, but look at my latest uh, big big mm-hmm. board. I don't want to spoil it, but um. That, that's well, what I mean, I, if, that, that's, hey, that's patreon.com you that's, can see it that's my reflection of what mm-hmm. the, the combine showed me i don't think he's going to be able to add weight i do not think he's going to be able to be bigger yes he's extremely talented but i'm going to worry about his ability to stay healthy i'm going to worry about his ability to be on the floor against bigger opponents mm-hmm. and i don't think that's ex- what you need against cat who's already being pushed around even though he is big enough and who's he going to learn from and just the question is does he fall because i know in the last mock we did Dave had him in the top five. Both you and I had him to the Hawks. It's like, is he going to fall past the Hawks if he gets to those two picks? And if he does, then he's on the table for the T-Wolves. Let's bring up Brandon Clark. Uh, not Brandon Clark. Jackson Hayes. Do you think that's a fit for the T-Wolves? If, if they're just going to go, just got big. If they're gonna go for a five, because we've talked about the three yeah. position. We've talked about DeAndre Hunter possibly falling. Uh, Ricky brings up Bull Bull possibly falling at the five spot. I think Jackson Hayes would be more the pick if Bobo and Hayes are on the board for them and they're looking five and possibly thinking about moving Cat uh, to the four. Um, what do you think about Hayes then possibly being a fifth for the T-Wolves? I think he's too damn raw, and that's that's going to sound weird, but like that, that team has two guys in their early 20s and they're off their first contracts, at, or they're coming off of their first contracts at this point. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know that you can add in a center who, you know, needs to put on size and skill. You know, when, when you have one and not the other, okay, sure. But, like, he has neither of those two things, so that would concern me. I think, yeah, long-term, it might not it might not be a bad move, but it's also, like, how good do you think he's going to be? Because you look at centers in the NBA, 
and defensive rim runners. We've seen them get run off the court in the playoffs. Now, mm-hmm. I think this is the third year in a row we've seen them run off the court in the playoffs. So I would be concerned about spending a pick that high on someone who is going to basically be a, your job here is to stand near the net, stick your hands up real high, and swat shots, which I get it. There's always going to be a need for that, but like, are you going to spend the 11th overall pick on that? It depends. If you think that his upside is better and you think that offensively he can put something together and he you know, has the mobility to go out and guard people who are stretch fives like a Brooke Lopez, then yeah, that might be worth it. But I don't I don't know that I still have him that high in my head because of the fact that like the value in the draft. Mm-hmm. I think there's just so many okay centers out there that spending the 11th overall pick on someone who you don't see that upper end potential out of is a, it's a risk. Well, let's talk about some upper end potential. Um, here's another guy that I want to throw out there. Let's say they keep Cat at the five. Let's say they still look because you know, hey, we have Teague at the one, we have Wiggins at the two, we have uh, Roko at the three, and we have Dario at the four. What if we take on a project that could play that three four? Say Kudemboya. What if he falls to eleven? How do you think he fits with the T Wolves? Bold, and I love it. Do you think it's bold, and you love it? I think if he, I think if he's available at eleven, I would take him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the fact that yeah, he can fit both positions. He can play the three. He can play the four. Good size. We watched him uh, explode in his last game. I think he what thirty six points. Uh, uh, thirty six points, nine boards, f- uh, nine of fourteen from the field. It feels very uh, Eliokabo ish, you know, to be popping off right before the end of uh, the draft season start, or right before the draft starts. So I, I mean, it's it's cool. I think he's got a good body. I think he can work his way up to be a good defender at the NBA level. Offensively, he can stretch. I, I'm intrigued by the thought of him, and I get it. I said project, but he's he is a project still in my mind, and I just see the higher upper end potential out of a wing rather than a rim running center. 34 points, eight of 11 from the field, five of six from three, three or four from the line, and nine boards. Yeah, it's that's that's a pretty dope stat line to drop uh, about a month out from the draft. Yeah, what do you think about Seku? Well, if Seku was there, I'd obviously take him because like the potential there is just too much to pass up, but. The thing I'm kind of thinking about in my head is this pick last year was the Shea pick, and it wasn't made by the team that originally had it. It was the Hornets traded to the Clippers. Let's say Brandon Clark's not on the board. Sekou's not on the board. Ball Ball's not on the board. Like these guys, that, like even DeAndre Hunter, who if they were there, kind of first sure picks. Yeah, I feel at like 11. you're forced to take that guy. Is there, if those guys are not on the board, is this a situation of could you see the T-Wolves trading back with a team, like another team coming up for one of those shooting guards, maybe for one of those centers, like a Goga or a Jackson Hayes or like Kevin Porter, like I said, the guards, and the T-Wolves being happy with moving back either with what what the Hawks got, and I know it was a higher pick, if they can get like a swap this year and a future first, or even what the Charlotte Hornets got last year, which was we're going to move back, and of course it was what two pick, or one pick they moved back, and they got two second round picks out of that deal. You and your damn trades. Did you ever go to like school and just like eat the lunch that your mom packed for you? Or yeah, you I always trade. No, uh, I always ate my lunch. You weren't a trader. Nah, like, man. I, always, I ate those had little little ham cracker sandwiches, and I always ate those suckers. He ate those things until he was like twenty seven. Yeah. Well, isn't no, he, not 27. Isn't he 27 right now? He's 29. 29. 29. going to be 30 in, July, or in January. Jesus. Yeah. Um, 
That's your I feel last like I feel like no, and this is no offense to you uh-huh. guys, but it is it's going to be offensive. Um, I feel like I am like growing at like maybe a, like just a normal like year like I you know a year per year thing, and then you guys have just like gained like two years ever, for every year because I'm pretty sure when I met you guys, I, you guys were like 24, and now you guys are 30. <laughs> I totally don't feel like I'm 30. But we can tell. <laughs> we can certainly don't tell. act like it. That's for sure. Anyways, yep. kid um, at heart. Kid at heart. Trading I, back. Ricky's, I think in this yeah. pool, not the worst idea because no, I think there's but... not a huge difference in talent once you get past that first, maybe even second group of it guys going on early. Who like. And there was there's rumors, you know, about a Rui Hachimura promise mm-hmm. going to the Timberwolves. I don't know if I really? believe that rumor. Yeah, yeah. It's Did out you there. see that? Reddit. Yeah, everything's on Reddit. For whom? Uh, not trustworthy source, but what okay. I'm saying it's a rumor. <laughs> I just want to build that up that it wasn't from a trustworthy source. Yeah, it's probably not. Uh, I'm going to go with probably not. I, I did not fact check, well, but it is. it did catch people's attention for a couple days. What if the Celtics are like, hey, we want a certain guy. We have so much room. What if yeah. we do 14 and 22? Oh, my God. I would jump on that shit. Yeah, like, I think so, Not too, even a second. Even if they gave me, like, 14 and what's the um, first of the second round that they've got? Because don't they have an early Oof. second? Um, I could barely remember the first round. Uh, I've got, I literally have Tankathon up in a tab, and I'm not looking at um, it. I feel it, bad. Oh, come on. Yeah, they only show the first round there. They only show the first round there. Mock draft, come on. Um, there we go. Uh, it's not early enough. I take it back. Celtics have 51. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I was thinking more maybe 22 then. Uh, 22 and 14. Um, that way you can you know you keep your 20 pick. Um, what and, about and, and 14 still Rui Hachimura range. What, I, what about a team like the Sixers who have 24, 33, 34, 42? They've got well, 54. They've the, got a lot of picks the, to move. The they reason why I up. said Bull, Bull, or, uh, Rui, Celtics, though, yeah. um, is because that's still Rui range, where 24 is not going to be Hachimura range. Right. So that's I'm just the thinking, thing for, you know, like teams moving up. That one kind of struck me because they do have yeah. a lot of capital to the, move. The other thing, too, is... I don't think they need a shooting guard, and just this is going back to it because they still have Josh Akoi. Mm-hmm. So if, yeah, I if just like him. If they're going with Hero, then you're just kind of pushing out Akoi in in some way, and I don't think that's that's worth it at all. The yeah. thing I'm going to say is this is um, I would say a reputable source. Uh, Basketball Insider Steve Kyler said in a tweet, "Heard Rui got the a hell is that? Heard Rui got a commitment in the lottery. Minnesota was the buzz at the combine." Usually, when you take a commitment, you shut down workouts and meetings with teams. So Rui got a promise with somebody. So Steve Where's Tyler he from? from what was from the, Basketball uh, Insiders. Basketball Insiders. I don't never know the the trustworthiness rate of that site, so I can't speak on behalf of him. Yeah, never heard of it. Um, so that doesn't know. mean it's bad. Doesn't mean he's, he's not wrong. But it's uh, it's not like a Woj. It's, it's a rumor. He heard it at a place. Yeah. No, it's not a it's Woj. Not a GV but I mean, or whatever. Yep. Um, all right. I, I think that, at least with all this thrown out there, mm-hmm. I think that it could be possible that if they do trade back, they look at Hachimura. And that would be an interesting fit because he's either a 3-4. We talked about that already. You know, Maybe you look for an offensive guy behind Rocco. Maybe you look for a guy who can possibly you know develop into a defender um, and play the four position to help out um, Dario. I'm not a huge fan of Rui. If they go with him at 11, I think that'd be a little bit of a reach. If they trade it back and got him at 14, would not mind that. Mm-hmm. I just worry about what he can actually do. But the big thing that I do like, at least about that fit for Minnesota, is he does not have to take shots 
and he does not have to play offense or lead offense to be effective on that team. And if he's able to use that length and his, his athleticism to play defense and be a disruptor, then I would like the fit. But I don't like him as being a third option. But if he's playing next to Cat, Wiggins, and let's say Dario, mm-hmm. and he's playing the three, that would give me more of a comfortability in his spot and in his role. Final thoughts. What do you guys think? I think Brandon Clark is the clear fit, but if he's not, if it's the guys that I'm looking at, if he's not on the table, if Ball Ball ain't on the table, or somebody like a DeAndre Hunter or one of those wings that falls isn't on the table, then this could be a pick that they trade back because another team wants to jump up at 11 and get somebody that they like. Yeah, if the value's right, I would move back in this class. Uh, but. I still fall. I'm still following with Brandon Clark. It's just hard mm. to pass up on someone who has his athleticism and you know the the upside of like yeah we we were disappointed with the measurables but at the same time like the kid has every bit of defensive instinct. He tries incredibly hard and he's very good at it and he's proven it at the at the top level in the NCAA. Yeah, uh, I think the thing too is like. They're not in point guard range, and that would be the other position That's that I, a, I attack yeah. at. But they got screwed this year because it's just yeah. there's you know two point guards in this draft. Sorry, mm-hmm. three type three. I'm sorry. Yeah, Kobe, Steve Kobe, yeah, Darius, and and Ja. Yep. Um, I, I just think you know if the ultimate fit for them would be Ja, I would love to see how how that team would work. My God, be nasty. Um, clearly they're not in any position to take Ja. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think just with Brandon Clark, he can give you a, a player that's been around for a while. He's not young per se, but he is pretty moldable. He has a lot of room to grow, especially if he develops his shot. And he's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think he's a definitely an interesting fit there. I wouldn't take him in a top 10 pick, but I think 11 is, is a perfect spot for him. Um, final thoughts? We already did. So mm-hmm. that's going to be it for the podcast. Uh, we want to thank John, obviously, for being a patron and being mm-hmm. on the podcast. Uh, fun talking to him about the KD to the Clippers move. Uh, also going to be fun getting into next week's podcast because we we talk about the NBA Finals. Uh, that kicks well, off. And also, next week is our uh, live mock draft. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll probably, at least uh, knowing us, we'll probably do the live mock draft, um, which will be happening on twitch.tv slash mm-hmm. podcast. So make sure you check that out. We'll also push that on what boys, too. Um, so check that out, twitch.tv slash podcast. We'll be doing our live mock draft. Um, we have the big board coming out this week as well on the Primetime Podcast. So check that out before you check out the live mock draft. Um, and then we'll talk NBA Finals, too. We'll probably mm-hmm. do the live mock, and then uh, we'll probably throw in some Finals talk, too, just to to, to itch that, to scratch that itch. Um, but, because the Finals would be, that'd be what, Game 1 would have started? Because Game 1 starts Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what uh, we'll be doing there. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, that's the plan. Uh, big board coming out this week. We got live mock draft coming out. We got NBA Finals talk. It should be a blast. Again, check out patreon.com slash podcast. If you want to be like John, check out that $10 tier. If you want to talk to us, check out that $1 tier. The Discord's been popping off, and we've been putting some fun stuff in there. So uh, check that out, patreon.com slash podcast. But for Dave Oster, for Ricky Weber, I'm Sean Anderson. You forgot who you were? We'll see you next time. No, I was just going slow on purpose. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.